Orbs are the most common form of UAP there is and range greatly in size from a couple of millimetres to several metres across and can be either physical objects such as metallic spheres or more ethereal objects appearing far more otherworldly. But are they all part of the same phenomenon or are there multiple forces at work? Join myself and Neil here on Aliens Explored as we go round and round trying to understand this complex subject. And if you would like to help support us in making these episodes, then go to patreon.com forward slash aliens explored and for a mere couple of quid per month then you can help us to make these and future episodes and we will love you for it. Aliens Explored is a weekly podcast exploring famous and obscure cases of UFO sightings, alien abductions and other strange events from both a believing and a sceptical perspective whilst keeping an open mind. I'm Stu Jackson, a professional actor and amateur ufologist with a particular interest in the crop circle phenomenon. I'll be debating that otherworldly visitations are real. The truth is out there. And I'm Neil Kelly. I'm a professional actor as well and used to work for the military as an intelligence analyst. I'll be arguing from a more doubtful point of view. I mean, it's all a bit far-fetched, isn't it? Hello, listeners, and welcome back to another episode of your favourite podcast dealing with extraterrestrials. UAPs, UFO, UFOs, and all sorts of other strange phenomena and questionable governmental decisions. Um, I'm one of your hosts, Neil Kelly. And I'm your other host, Stu Jackson. Oh, the listener's favourite podcast, I like that. Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> if, they if they hadn't realised it before, they, I think yeah, they, they need to be told, so... <laughs> Oh, dear me, I like that. This is I your like favourite podcast. It's like when I make yes. my wife a cup of tea, I say, here you go, I've made it just the way you like it, in your favourite <laughs> cup. Made you your favourite cup of tea. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, excellent, excellent. How have you been keeping, Neil? Yeah, very well, thank you. Very well. Been been a bit tired of late, been, been working much harder than I'm used to working. Mm. Well, you had your run, uh, a soldier's wife, didn't you? Had a, had a play run, yeah, a week ago now, more than yeah, a week as, ago now. As we're recording, so um, as, yeah. as we're recording, yes, that was back on the when was it? The I it, don't know. Times eighth, eighth and ninth of July. That was eighth <laughs> and ninth of July. So that, yeah, that was four shows in two days: a matinee and an evening show on Saturday, and then on Sunday. Oh, no, it wasn't. No, it was, it was two evening shows on the Saturday and then a matinee and an early early evening show on the Sunday. And then I went and did a couple of days' work on a Bollywood film and, God, they're slave drivers. 
<laughs> they, they get their money's worth out of you in Bollywood. <laughs> two days straight on that. Two days, twenty six hours. So mm. yeah, but uh, kind of kind of takes it out of you a bit. Yes, but you get you get fed really well on Bollywood shoots. I find the food's usually really good. Yeah, yeah. If you like curry. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, I and, and I do, I do like curry. You know, it's a part of the staple British diet, isn't it? That's it. That's yeah. it. And uh, I've been pretty busy myself as well. I've been doing. I, yeah, it's one of those things. I'm not allowed to talk about it, sadly. Um, but yeah, I've been doing a shoot uh, for a major Netflix series, a second series. Wow, which you can't uh, tell us about. Can't talk about speculate. Um, Interestingly, I was supposed to have done more days on it, but uh, because of the Sagafra strike uh, in America, Mm. the lead cast members. Although it was shooting here in the UK, the lead cast members are Sagafra members, and um, yeah, so the whole production (laughs) has been shut down. Yeah, as as you you say, it affects us here in the UK because. um, I think our, our government gives tax breaks to Hollywood, doesn't it? And so, they, and we've got yes. we've got good facilities here. We've got lots of studios, especially Pinewood, which is you mm. know it is kind of the size of a Hollywood studio. A lot of them, like Elstree and Ealing, are, are very very small. But uh, yeah, Pinewood is industrial sized, and we have the the skills, the skill sets, and I, I understand we come cheap, and there's yes. tax breaks. So yes, lots of lots of Hollywood movies. Even things you wouldn't expect, like Captain America and um, Batman, made <laughs> and Marvel, Marvel <laughs> um, was it the the um, the Avengers made here in Britain, mm. in large part. So yeah, so that strike will affect will affect people here, not because we're members of SAG-AFTRA, but because if they're not working, we don't work. So that's it. That's it. Yeah. But, and of course, uh, sorry. No, I was just going to say, but uh, for the record. I do support the uh, the writers' strike and the SAG-AFTRA support of that as well. Uh, yeah, I support it too, and um, and so does our union equity. Yes, and they're, they're holding a demonstration in support of two demonstrations. I think one in London, one in Manchester tomorrow afternoon or tomorrow midday. So uh, I think I might pop along mm. and show my support. Yes, well, I saw I had an email from them about it, but I haven't, I haven't had a chance to read the email mm. as yet. So, uh, yeah, yeah, excellent. Poss- um, possible that some of our listeners don't support the SAG after a strike um, and will be missing their new Netflix series and movies. But uh, you know, we're actors; you know, we've got to stick together. Well, it's not that these things won't happen; they'll just get put back. Mm. Is all. Um, yeah. so it's it's worth it it's worth the delays to your favourite mm. shows in order that the people who write these shows get paid a fair wage mm. um, that's my t- that's my two pennies worth well, on it well and remember the, yeah, whenever you read of a, a Hollywood studio head um, briefing against the strikers just just go and look up how much that studio head earns you know it's, oh yes it's in the hundreds of millions per year yep. so you know don't let them tell you they can't afford to pay writers and actors a decent wage that's it that's it um, but that's not what we're here to talk about this week is it uh so a little while ago you emailed me neil about orbs yes 
the the orb phenomenon. Yeah, and it's uh, it's high time that we we gave this uh, this subject. I mean, it's such a broad subject because orbs can mean a lot of different things, can't they? Mm. It, it mean, uh, I mean, I think we can agree that they're round, but that that there the there the um the agreement ends. <coughs> Well, I'm going to so ever so slightly disagree on that. I'm going to say, they, uh, just a, yeah, well, yeah, can't agree on anything, really. <laughs> but they certainly appear round. Mm. Now, when we see um, lights in the sky, mm. uh, we often designate them as orbs, but that's just because they look round. Now, the light itself might not be round, but the way light comes at you as i understand it if it's coming from a distance mm. it's going to look round no matter what yeah so yeah um but it's a subject that has gotten a lot more traction recently uh in ufology uh because ha, the pentagon our favorite source of information mm. about ufos at the moment um back in early june they released some footage. They did, uh, didn't they? Yeah. Uh, it, it came through um, Arrow, uh, a guy called Sean Kirkpatrick. Um, yeah. Seen video footage of this spherical... It, it looked metallic to me. I'm, hmm. I'm guessing you've seen the video, have you, Neil? I have, yeah. It just flies in a straight line across... Across what looks like some kind of yard or some kind of car car park or something, and then changes direction, doesn't it? And does and flies um, off a different way. So this was taken in the Middle East uh, back last year in 2022. Mm. Uh, it was taken, I can tell you, by an MQ9 Reaper drone. So mm. military. Uh, mm. Military footage. Uh, I mean, they don't specify where in the Middle East it was. Um, I don't know if that's because they were they were looking at things they shouldn't have been looking at, or <laughs> yeah, uh, I'm not entirely they sure. Haven't, but... They haven't yet fessed up to flying drones in that region. <laughs> yeah, a, a region that, that thought it was friendly towards the United States, and so yeah, <laughs> that's it. It's not a very big orb, though. Uh, it's hard to tell, isn't it? I mean, I, I thought it mm. it looks like something about the size of a, a space hopper. Maybe. Maybe bigger than that. But um, I, I couldn't tell. It, it could have been 20 feet across. Well, you're seeing people in the background of it. And it's mm. flying above them. Mm. And in those shots, it is kind of it's barely bigger than a human head so i'm i'm going to i'm going to estimate that that's about its size is the size mm. of a human head so maybe it's sort of what's that a foot across yeah or, uh, a third of a meter something something of that nature it can't be um so looking at the drone footage it it can't have been taken from too far away because the figures the the, the people in it are that they're, they're 
fairly big. They're mm. they're not sort of, you know, we're not talking like the size of ants here mm. uh, in the footage. I mean, they could have closed in on it, but either it's much much smaller, mm. and the distance between the 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 orb and the people is much greater. Hmm. God, I'm thinking about trigonometry now yeah. and what have you. But uh, yeah, either it at at most I would say it's about the size of a, a human head. Um, this particular one. Hmm. But what was really interesting about that um, when this was released uh, was that the Sean Kirkpatrick says, "Yeah, this is just an example of something we are seeing." all over the place, all over the globe. That's a hell of a revelation. It is. Because, I mean, if you look at, if you Google um, alien orb phenomena, it, mainly what you come across is um, accounts of ball lightning. Yes. Which, again, is a mysterious phenomenon. No one really knows what it is. No, but it's um, it, it's at least identified as being a weather phenomenon. Um, you know, in the same way that uh, your, your, your typical bumblebee, aerodynamically speaking, shouldn't be able to fly, but we know it does. So, and we know that that's natural, but, but and we just on, accept it. Based on your experience of, of trying to glide a, a dead bumblebee. <laughs> pick it up throw it, see if it will glide <laughs> for the record I do not pick up dead bumblebees and start lobbing them about <laughs> I mean I'm terrified of insects anyway so I wouldn't go near mm. one dead or alive but um, here's yeah. a, a scientific question because you know, we, we can only it's very difficult to make for us to make something the shape of a ball fly Fly mm-hmm. in that way, in in following a certain direction, changing direction. How do you change direction? Yeah. We, we, you need ailerons and fins for for that, or, or retro some kind of rocket on it that that will mm. make it change direction. So, um, yeah, basically, all we can make the all we can make fly slowly is a balloon, or we can make something fly very fast, which is uh, yeah, something like a cannonball or a a bullet. Mm. Here's a yes. question: If you if you fire a cannonball horizontally, obviously it will go some distance, but it's still affected by gravity, isn't it? Does it does it fall to the ground? Is it affected as much by gravity that that it will fall to the ground just as quickly as if you just dropped it? But it's just a question of how far it can travel before it before gravity takes that much effect. <clears throat> it doesn't defy gravity because it's flying, does it? Unless you're firing it upwards. In which case, it's still you know, all you're giving it is a bit of a, a head start on gravity. That's, I mean, that's exactly how these things work. I, yeah. uh, for the uh, the benefit of any new listeners to the podcast, mm. I hope our regular listeners know this already. Mm. But uh, I am not a physicist, <laughs> <laughs> as you probably gathered. Neither am I. But what we saw was a ball flying in a way that looked impossible on that video. It was defying gravity. Yeah. A bit like an aeroplane does, except we know how an aeroplane does that. It does that with you know, with wings or with or an aircraft, a, a helicopter with, with rotating wings. Well, yeah, wings. <laughs> wings yes. are the, the thing that, that keep it level and stable in the air. 
Well, with an aeroplane, the air flowing underneath the wings creates enough upward pressure hmm. that it counteracts the effect of gravity. Yeah. That's my very layman version mm. of my understanding yeah. of how an aeroplane works. But you're absolutely right. If you take a cannonball, and of course cannonball's very, very heavy because it's mm. solid lead. Um, yeah, if you were to fire it in a straight line perpendicular to the floor mm. yeah it wouldn't go very far at all it, it wouldn't just drop instantly out of no. the but but it yeah the forward thrust wouldn't be enough to keep it airborne well it, for it would long, go which is it would go some distance well, what i say is if you if you fire the cannon hor- horizontally and at the same time you were holding a cannonball next to it and as the cannon fired you dropped the cannonball the two balls would hit the ground at the same time. It's just that one will have will have travelled considerably further laterally. I would love one of our listeners to write in and tell us <laughs> if, we're, if we're talking absolute nonsense here. But the gravity is the same whether you're whether you're um, flying fast laterally or just or not moving at all laterally. Gravity is the same. Well, we know that that works in a. Uh yeah, we know that works in a low-gravity environment because there have been those experiments done, haven't there, where uh, you drop a, something heavy, you know, like a cannonball mm. and a feather mm. at the same time, and they'll both hit the ground at the same time. Mm. Um, in a vacuum, yeah. In a vacuum, that's, yeah. that's what I'm thinking of, yes. Uh, thank you. So, yeah, <clears throat> bringing this back round to this orb, then, it's... It's a sustained flight, isn't it? Mm. And as you rightly say, it changes direction as well. Mm. Um, there is no propulsion system visible no. with it whatsoever. Um, I mean, you don't necessarily have to have wings or aerolons or, or fins mm. to change direction because if you've got... Um, what you need is, or, or what can also do it, is thrust in a different direction. If you get hmm. sideways thrust, then you're going to go sideways. That's how um, spacecraft change direction, isn't it? Exactly. Or satellites. Exactly or... um, because, you know, fins and wings are meaningless in space. Hmm. Uh, so, yeah. Um, so... <sighs> Yeah, it, it's the lack of a propulsion system that seems to be the real mystery behind this. I mean, what it looked like, I, I did send you that video on YouTube where a guy throws a gym exercise ball, yeah, yes. inflatable ball, one of these things you sit on and roll around on and get good pelvic exercises. He threw that off a cliff and they filmed it going down. And at one point, it looked like it, it was just an orb flying horizontally and then... It changed yeah. direction, I guess, because it hit a different air current because mm. it was circulating. So it would have the wind would have carried it one way, and then as it as it fell further, but it you couldn't you couldn't perceive that it was falling. All you could see was the for a while. All you could see was the the horizontal direction of travel, which then changed. Um, it just sort of stopped and came back the other way. So it it looked like that. I mean, I wonder if the effect is created by something like that, by something being dropped from a great height and. Being it's, carried by air currents, I can see the potential for that, but 
but again, looking at this this video footage that we've seen, it seems to be quite low level. I mean, what you're talking about with that uh, exercise ball, it, mm. it dropped off a cliff, a big mm. cliff at that. Um, and you know, it's a large, it, it's a large ball. Obviously, it's, mm. what, what what's that going to be? A meter and a half across. Maybe a meter, something. I think. Yeah, maybe, maybe a meter. Um, obviously, very, very light. They did paint it silver, so it looked mm. like an orb. Um, and you're right. As as you get different air current layers, it was mm. changing direction. But this is this is an object with this orb in this video that is on a. It, it it's it's it maintains the same altitude. So a sudden change of direction, unless you get, yeah, I mean, I suppose you could get a, a breeze, but it's only a small object as well, so that'd have to be a hell of a breeze. Because the smaller the object, the harder it is to move it hmm. uh, with something like wind. Which is why a beach ball is more susceptible to the wind than, say, a tennis ball. Absolutely. Or a golf ball. Absolutely. Um, so yeah, I mean that's why yeah, a golf ball is like really quite aerodynamic because it's got more mass, hmm. but it's small, so it can cut through the air. Yeah, if you've ever been hit by one, you know it's practically a bullet. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> my windscreen of my car got hit by a, a golf ball once as I was driving past a uh, a golf course. Did it break the windscreen? It cracked it. It didn't hmm. break it, but it did crack it. Um, mm. Now, <laughs> any theories as to what these things might be then, Neil? Um, on seeing something like that, what we saw in the video, um, all I've got really is it's something that was falling that just appeared to be carried. And, and maybe because it was quite light, that it, it was, say, a ball filled with, with air it wasn't falling very fast so it, it 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 wouldn't be obviously getting smaller and smaller and smaller like wily coyote once he's run off the edge of a cliff that it'd be, it'd be going down slower so it would retain its apparent size and it wouldn't seem to be it wouldn't seem to be falling for that short clip of video but um and maybe it was the wind moving was... at a fair old rate though yeah it was shifting. Yeah. How but, confident do you feel about that? <laughs> I mean, about I, I also know from having done parachute jumps in the army that um, the wind can be much stronger as, as you reach altitude. That we'd be stood around the airfield mm. saying, well, it feels a really calm day. Are we going to jump today? And they'd say... This was sport parachuting with it. There are very strict rules about it. They're, they're a lot more casual about military jumps with paratroopers, which I wasn't. Um, they would say, but no, up at um, 3,000 feet, actually there's very strong winds and um, it's not safe to drop. But yeah, you weren't perceiving any of it on the ground. So it. there but are air currents. That, that, that's all I've got. That's all I've got to put forward as a prosaic explanation for what we saw. That it's um, it's an object that's lighter than it looks, and it's actually falling, but imperceptibly. Mm. Looking at the size of the people in the video, though, I, I, I can't see it being that much mm. of an altitude. It, it's mm. a, it strikes me as being pretty mm. low to the ground. Um, 
But if I told you that there's a chap, uh, namesake of mine, but no relation, called Patrick Jackson, mm. uh, who believes he has a come up with a working theory, he's for for these orbs. Mm. Um, he believes now he's he's not a he's also not a physicist that i'm aware of uh, apologies mr mm. jackson if you are a physicist um and and i'm saying you're not um but uh, he's an it database specialist okay but what he has been doing is for quite a few years now uh, he's been he started by looking at the phenomenon of poltergeist activity Okay. Of all things. Okay. Uh, and he realised that orbs were coming into this quite frequently, in, hmm. into this phenomenon. Uh, he has theorised that these orbs emit certain radiations that cause poltergeist activity, as well as feelings of being very unsettled uh, in hmm. human beings, even to the point of feeling physically sick. Uh, he believes it's a global defense system. That there are billions, presumably, of these orbs about. There are three mm. different types. Um, they protect the planet from meteors, from UAPs, from who knows what kind of things. Um, they keep people away from certain areas of danger by making them feel sick through this radiation, uh, by making a place seem haunted, by mm. making people very, very unsettled. Uh, yeah, it's a really interesting... He, he's, he's written quite a lot about it. Um so yeah, it, it, it's a disturbance in the ether, really. That that, um, well, uh, that creates uh, that unsettles you, makes you feel ill, that makes you just a ra well radiation, radioactive, hmm. um, a, a radioactive reaction. Okay, I but I, I, I mean, I imagine if if I went somewhere and I started to feel ill. I wouldn't immediately assume it was because of where I was. I'd presume it was because of something I'd eaten or, or whatever. I wouldn't think, yeah, the way to stop feeling bad is to go somewhere else. No, well. but... Uh, well, I, I mean, he's using that as just one mm. example of, like, an extreme reaction. Uh, it, he's more suggesting, like, people being unsettled. Yeah. I mean... I think what would make me feel unsettled is is if there is an apparent <laughs> um, visible danger nearby that I can see that I'm I'm entering a, a sucking swamp or a crumbling cliff top or something. Have you like. never been to a haunted house or a haunted um, area and felt unsettled as a result? No, that's got to go on our list, hasn't it? We've got to do a paranormal investigation somewhere. Okay, so when I had my my experience, hmm. um, our regular listeners will will know what I'm talking about there. But uh, there was that evening when I I got this overwhelming sense that um, there was uh, a presence hmm. uh, in my flat, and and it 
felt like an extraterrestrial presence and um and all of that so that must have been completely unrelatable for you to to hear um no i mean i've had scares before um something suddenly happens that you know a picture falls off the wall or you know mm-hmm. whatever that that kind of thing um something happens that seems to be caused by a breeze but you don't feel a breeze uh, we talked also about something I'm very susceptible to, that uh, the different cells that your eyes use, whether you're viewing in daytime, is it rods and cones? Mm. That um, in, by day, in daylight, you perceive things mainly by their colour, and at nighttime, you perceive them mainly by their shape. And that's why at dusk time, when when the light is fading, and I guess there's a transition period where at one point you're using both sets of cells partially um that's when i see witches in the trees that's when i see all sorts of odd things merging and shadows turning into things and you know I've, i mean i know what it is now but i used to, I used to get a few scares when i was younger <laughs> yeah. well i think we've all been there and of course that uh, psychological predilection to to see faces in in things yes that for was. example uh, that anthropomorphizing Mm. thing but to go back so just to to something you 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 said just there then um when you say a picture suddenly falls off the wall Mm. and it gives you a scare but there are also times when a picture might fall off a wall and it might make you jump but you don't feel unsettled by it Mm. and this as as is my understanding uh is what patrick jackson is talking about is these these orbs can effect um something like a picture falling off using their radiation i don't know how that works but um but somehow a what he describes as poltergeist activity combined with that feeling of being unsettled that's where he would suggest that is orb activity Hmm. Uh, he's also in studying orbs he's noticed that they tend to maneuver in threes um and while some are indeed silver some are translucent some are white Mm. so where we see uh, a triangular shape or triangular lights that is three orbs and the the target or the the focus of their attention if you like is going to be directly below the center of that triangle okay it's really, really interesting, and I I recommend well not only yourself, Neil, but but all our listeners do look up and uh, and Google Patrick Jackson uh, orb theory, and and have a look at this. Um, he he lives well not that far from us uh, in Cambridge. He is an Irishman, but uh, hmm. yeah, he lives in Cambridge, as I understand, So, uh, which isn't too far from us. I'm going to see if I can get hold of him and uh, get him on the show for an interview. That would be great. I do that like it when be. we have a... I do like having a guest on the show. Absolutely. It's been far too long since we last had a yeah. guest. Uh, so, yeah. Um, so, watch this space. But that would be... Uh, that would be really curious. Hey, he's he's also suggested that these things are definitely not man-made because they've been around for thousands of years. Mm. Um, 
So who made them? Who put them there? Really yeah. fascinating subject. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Something else we, we don't know about. Yeah, we, we, we have the evidence of our five senses. We have what we call a sixth sense, which is a probably a, a subtle combination of the other five. Mm. Yeah, you, you've sent someone behind you because you feel the change in air pressure or or hear something that you don't that's yeah. the theory the, that's the theory <laughs> is this sixth sense or is there or, or, or is mean, it something else and are there things around us that are beyond our senses see I'm going to say that that feeling when you know you're being watched hmm. that isn't necessarily changes in air pressure because the person doing the watching can be some distance away. Hmm. Or how Yet often we still get that feeling? Yeah. How often have you found yourself on a on a train or a bus and you just sort of look at someone and they're reading a book or whatever, and then suddenly they just look up and look straight at you. Hmm. Yeah. Or that you look, you you're reading a book and you look up and someone's looking straight at you. <laughs> yeah. Um, and there's a is that because you sent something or is it that actually as as mammals who weren't always top of the food chain we we do look around more than we realize i i i'm gonna be my own debunker and naysayer mm. here um as a siren goes off outside my mm. window um and and say that yeah we i think we are constantly sort of looking around even if we're reading a book on a train or something like that we look around a lot Hmm. Uh, perhaps almost unconsciously perhaps just for a fleeting moment and the chances of two people making eye contact as they're both looking around is is pretty high i would say Hmm. Uh, it gives you that guilty feeling doesn't it if you're admiring someone and suddenly they look up and look straight at you like what you're doing uh, and, and and signs say, up, uh, signs up on the London Underground saying that you know, uh, staring at people is actually an offence. Yeah. Leering, I think, is um, it, yeah. it does say <laughs> staring, staring at, at you. Don't don't stare at people. Just keep, it? I've not seen yeah. no signs. On yeah, London staring at someone in a in a. I, I've forgotten what the the adverb they use. <laughs> they don't say lascivious or anything like that. But, uh, <laughs> But it, it can be seen as threatening. Mm, well, it can absolutely yeah. to be stared at. You're mm. definitely the focus of somebody's attention. If it's somebody you don't know, it can be uh, very unsettling. Yeah. And uh, yeah, yeah. So don't do it. Don't, don't do, do it, it listeners. Um, but I'll tell you what you should do, listeners, is write in and let us know what you think about orbs. Uh, you can contact us via the usual means. You can email us, aliensexplored.gmail.com. You can contact us through Facebook, through Twitter, by searching Aliens Explored. You can contact us by commenting on one of our YouTube videos. And if you haven't yet subscribed to our YouTube channel, please, please, please go ahead and do that. Hit that. Uh, notification icon so that you uh, you don't miss any there uh, we'll appreciate you for that and of course if you are one of our Patreon subscribers and then you get exclusive access to our Discord server as well so all the different ways you can contact us there uh, but yes we'll uh, we'll try and get hold of Patrick Jackson no relation <laughs> uh, as soon as we can but in the meantime next week 
We've got our three-year anniversary special, Neil. Yeah. We'll be doing a retrospective look back at all the subjects we've talked about over the last year. Three years, Neil. Three years. Wow. It's a long time. It is a very long... No, it's, well, it's, it's flown by, <laughs> really, isn't it? It has in some ways. Yeah. Um, yeah. In others, less so. Yeah. <laughs> Depends on your perspective. Uh, but yes, we'll be definitely looking forward to that. In the meantime, keep watching out for any light orbs, metallic orbs, ethereal orbs, or any mm. any kind of orbs. Any kind of orbs. We will take it. Absolutely. And of course, keep watching the skies. Take care for now. Catch you next time. Bye-bye. Bye. Aliens Explored is a Fecal Films production in association with Juicy Falls. Music by Darren Mafucci and editing by Stu Jackson. Find us on Twitter or Facebook by searching Aliens Explored or visit us on aliensexplored.com.